Hello listener, I'm Carl Anker and welcome to Talk of the Devils, the Manchester United podcast from The Athletic. <laughs> this week, I don't know what to say really, other than the match result, which is RB Leipzig 3, Manchester United 2, and the fact that even though Manchester United can't get together, I've got two of the best Manchester United podcasts with me to help me make sense of it all. First things up is my strike partner. He's my fellow beat reporter for Manchester United. It's Mr. Laurie. Well, Laurie, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you kind of have to just laugh, don't you really, I suppose. But no, yeah, listen, good to talk about the game, uh, albeit the fact that it just seemed to boggle the mind for the first 60 minutes, 70 minutes. Um, yeah, not good. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to say yeah a lot on this podcast, I, I think. think. So, so yeah. <laughs> He's the editor of United We Stand. He's also a contributing writer for Manchester United from The Athletic. He is one of the best storytellers on this football club I know. Hello, it's Andy Mitten. Hello, mate. I'm not going to say yes. If you're going to ask me how I'm doing, I'm doing badly. I'm really annoyed after that result. Um, wasn't in Leipzig. That's the first European away match I've missed for a long, long time. As I said last week, couldn't do the... Five-day quarantine. A mate of mine went there and sent me a nice picture of the beautiful train station. And I've been starting to journey my way back from that now. But no, I'm, I'm really annoyed. I'm confused about um, that result. And I think most United fans would, would feel the same. I don't think it's good enough. I, people can give the excuses that they want about starting slowly or whatever. And I know we're going to discuss them. Bottom line is it's not good enough. I thought Wolfsburg was the beginning of the end for Louis van Gaal. Sevilla was the beginning of the end for Jose Mourinho. I hope that um, RB is not the beginning of the end for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but he needs a trophy. Things have got to pick up here because the mood will sink after failing to qualify from that group. The RB result, okay, they're a decent team. That Istanbul result was an absolute stinker. Stinker is going to be another operative word on this podcast. But before we get into everything that went into that defeat on Tuesday, let's talk about something positive right now if you subscribe to the athletic you can get another subscription as a gift for free it is the perfect present for any football fan this christmas you can enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts it's the perfect present for yourself and someone else so to get it just go to theathletic.com slash man united pod that's theathletic.com slash man united pod to get yourself a subscription and another one as a gift for free all right then RB Leipzig 3, Manchester United 2. A scoreline that might have been a little bit flattering because Manchester United were 2-0 down within the half hour. I'm going to finish doing this podcast and then I'll be doing my debrief on the game. But while my head needs time to calm down, Laurie, please tell me what you saw. <laughs> yeah, I don't envy you, Carl, because I know these um, night games are, are difficult to... <laughs> Uh, sort of rouse yourself to, to write uh, sort of in depth and, and do it analytically so um, but I'll look forward to reading it and as you say the start was terrible wasn't it Andy's already mentioned the fact that you know the, the system set up looked like it was going to be keep it tight keep it compact opposite to the PSG game you know where they went for the win uh, more so I think the fact that you know Maguire and Solskjaer suggested they were going to do that um, before the game you know didn't really look like it when the selection came out and you, you sort of think okay that, that makes sense but the the back five it was basically the, the back five that played against PSG obviously with Lindelof instead of Twanzebe but it just mm -hmm. looked so much more chaotic you know in hindsight the decision to bring back Luke Shaw after a month out um, didn't look like it worked because 
it's putting a lot of pressure on him um, to deliver from the get-go and, and as I think Paul Scholes mentioned on BT Sport he needs a bit of time to get into his rhythm usually so it just seemed a bit unnecessary and listen from the get-go Leipzig blitzed United their, their movement was fantastic you could see the ways they were teasing United apart uh, and so you have to give them credit as Andy mentioned they're obviously a much better team than Istanbul Basics here but the frustration is the fact that they also are a nervous team they, mm-hmm. they look they're a young team and we saw against Istanbul you know they conceded three goals after being 3-1 up Bayern Munich three goals again you know so clearly they were a team that yeah, if United had stayed in it and actually applied a bit of pressure, well, they kind of buckled at the end, didn't they, really? And it was, you know, I suppose a, a bit unfortunate for United to, to to not get a draw. But And the stats actually themselves, you look at them and, you know, I'm looking at, I don't know if different, you know, uh, places have different stats for, for this game, but nine shots on target for United, five shots off target, and, and Leipzig had four on target and five off. So it's, you know, it's it's, it's not like for the stats suggest that it wasn't the kind of poor performance that it was really from United but it was just so chaotic it's just frustrating because you know clearly a point would have been enough and they didn't there was no street smarts about them and in the end obviously the goal that has put United out David De Gea again at fault Maguire you know clearly should deal with it but I think he, he thinks that De Gea is going to come and, and collect it and then he turns his back on it you know makes himself smaller you know it doesn't impose himself on the situation, which is what you want from a goalkeeper. And it's, it's too many times for De Gea, I'm afraid. I'm glad you mentioned De Gea because that's why I wanted to speak about. My feelings are that it's another costly error in another major game. David De Gea has been a brilliant servant for Manchester United. He's been the best player um, of, of the decade. But as you, you just said then, it's another mistake and one too many. And I'm with you there. And I just wonder what Alex Ferguson would do in this situation what a top, top manager would do in this situation, whether he would keep with someone who's made a mistake, and it was a mistake for that third goal, and I know Harry Maguire is partly culpable for it, but that's killed it. If that wouldn't have been made, Manchester United would still be in the Champions League. It was such a soft, frustrating goal uh, to to witness, and you've got to do more from David here. He's the best-paid goalkeeper in the world. He's the best-paid Spanish footballer in the world. And he's making too many mistakes. And it is not good enough. I'm sorry. I know we can pick out other players. And I don't actually think he was at fault for the first two goals. Mm -hmm. But he was for the third. And he deserves to be criticised for that. There's Dean Henderson there now. I wonder whether it's the time for Henderson to get a run in the side. I'm not saying that he's finished at all. He's had some decent games this season. But that was a bad mistake tonight. I just saw a lot of bad mistakes from from everyone. Uh, A Manchester United team that playing in a in a 3-5-2 shape that, yes, the plan worked against PSG. Axel Twenzebe was really good in that game. That United team managed to contain PSG for a good half hour to 60 minutes. Then they brought on Paul Pogba. Then they seized the initiative. Oli and this vintage of Oli's side are really interesting in European games when they score first. When they concede first, it all just goes to pot. And... We've been in press conferences now, all three of us, talking to Oleg on the and one that sticks out for me was before the game against Istanbul, Bashek Shahir at Old Trafford, where he mentioned something about game plans can often change depending on when the first goal is conceded, which I wrote last week is not too dissimilar from the Mike Tyson quote about everyone has a plan to someone gets punched in the mouth. When you are this Manchester United team and when you are conceding after two minutes, 
what on earth do you do next? And that what on earth do you do next is what Manchester United did for the best part of 45 minutes to an hour. There is... I will disagree with people that say Manchester United right now are inconsistent. I think this team are very consistent. I think we know what this Manchester United team are and have been since the start of last season. They're kind of shaky and nervous at the back. They're really unbalanced in their midfield, but they're really good up front if you give them space on the counter-attack. And sometimes that's going to win you games and sometimes that's going to lose you games. It's going to win you more than you lose. But in the end, Manchester United are probably a Europa League standard team. And now they're in the Europa League. So... What happens next? Especially now a certain French midfielder has had his agent make a big old mess. Uh, Laurie, you've written, you wrote a piece before the game against Leipzig trying to break down this current situation with Paul Pogba. This was a really busy side story to this game. Um, <laughs> what do you make of what's going on here? Well, yeah, I mean, that that is the, the sort of shadow over, uh, over it all that he, you know, that it was... Uh, Mina Raiola uh, coming out with what he did on the eve of the game, uh, horrific timing. And listen, that that's not the reason why Manchester United lost this game. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Paul Pogba was in the starting eleven beforehand. You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said prior to the game that he had that midfield in mind ahead of the West Ham game when Fred was suspended um, and he picked his team accordingly. Um, but nevertheless, it just it, it creates a circus around United and it, it created the wrong atmosphere around around the club and it made. You know, more of a spectacle of the fact that then Pogba was on the bench and then it was Van der Beek coming on at half time um, rather than um, Paul Pogba. And then it was, you know, you, you, all eyes all were on Paul Pogba once he came on. And to be fair to him, he played really well. And he, he was actually the, the player that changed it most for United, I think. You know, the long pass with his left foot to Greenwood. There was there was other sharp passes that he, he made. Obviously, the header at the far post, incredible leap. And it was, it was his cross that nearly, you know, gave United the equaliser. I mean, it would have been the scruffiest comeback ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a dodgy, a dodgy penalty. Uh, you know, a sort of, you know, an own goal via. Was it Harry Maguire's head or arm? We, you know, he sort of two angles looked like it was his head. Two angles looked like it was his arm. Whatever, and then you know, potential own goal. Yeah, would it would have been? You know, it wouldn't have been the most majestic of, you know, stylish comebacks ever. But nevertheless, you know, I would have taken it. And Pogba in that instance would have been. You know, it would have been an awkward press conference for, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer afterwards, really, um, which is not his fault. You know, he has tried to handle the situation throughout his tenure with diplomacy, with um, the right kind of moves. I think he's, he's done as best as he can do to not only incorporate Pogba into his plans in the right way, but also you know, leave him out from the team when he feels he hasn't done enough to warrant a starting inclusion. He hasn't he hasn't protected him, which is which goes back to the De Gea situation that Andy mentions and, you know, why is it that he doesn't feel that he can do that with De Gea? Um, I know he's on a big salary and, and does he have to play a little bit of a political game there? But, you know, I would have thought that, you know, the, the performances alone warrant, a, you know, a chance for Dean Henderson properly. But in the Pogba situation... He has um, handled that well, um, and I thought it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he was asked by BT Sport in the interview afterwards. You know, do you you know do you want to sell him in the next window, or, or will it, will he still be with you after the January window? And, and Solskjaer just said, "Listen, now's not the time for that." And listen, if he wanted to keep him, he would have said. Paul Pogba's our player, you know, yep. he, 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 we go on with him, you know, and listen, he he says that he's been training well and I'm sure he has done it, you know, and he applied himself in the game, but United clearly, uh, you know, ideally, you know, want to sell him. It's just the clubs aren't there and, that, and that's the piece, you, you know, you refer to, Carl, and I did a piece in um, late November actually just sort of touching on this after his, 
you know, sort of good international break that he had with France and the fact that he wasn't going to sign a new contract. I know that some people are saying, well, United wouldn't offer him one, but, you know, you, 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 they've offered contracts to players before to protect values that you're sort of scratching your head a little bit at and I wouldn't have put it past United. You know, there were talks opened up at one stage, um, but they, they were shelved when it became clear that Pogba didn't want to sign a new contract. And, you know, he probably ultimately, he's got that, you know that card of leaving on a free when his contract does end in, in 2022. So it's now really up to United to, you know, try and get a fee or try and do a swap deal that appeals to them in the next three transfer windows. I mean, January might come too soon, and mm-hmm. and that's the other issue. Who is out there? I think we've spoken about this before. Who is out there with with the money to buy him? You know, Barcelona and Real Madrid have both got to sell players. Really, um, they're, they're pleading poverty, according to you know people that deal in the European market that I've spoken to. I think Juventus is his probable preference at the moment, although PSG might also appeal. Um, but again, Juventus haven't got you know they've got Cristiano Ronaldo eating up thirty one million euros worth of wages every year, and, and and not the scope to you know incorporate someone like Paul Pogba. So it's a sideshow that Solskjaer certainly would rather do without but at the moment he kind of has to keep you know relying on him in part you know, perhaps mm-hmm. perhaps that's his role now you know a substitute off the bench to try and influence games rather than someone to depend on from the start we had a little chat in the one of the group chats before the game Laurie where I mentioned if Fred wasn't suspended I don't think this would have happened <laughs> yeah, I disagreed with you, didn't I? <laughs> you did, you did, you just you did disagree, which is one of the fun things about talking devils. I really thought, yeah. I think we've mentioned before about how Fred and Scott McTominay tends to be the best pivot for some of these big games. And if Fred had avoided a suspension, it wouldn't have been a footballing question where or not Pogba plays or not. And I think what's happened here is is Raiola seizing upon a moment of weakness from a football club to 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 make some noise and possibly affect some market value. In the press conference after, Solskjaer said, the squad is fine, they're a team and they stick together. As soon as Paul's agent realises this, that this is a team sport and we work together, the better. That's probably my last thing I'll say on that. I don't want to spend any energy on that. Andy, you've watched more Manchester United games than Laurie and myself combined, I believe. So I'm going to give you the final word on everything here regarding Pogba and today's game. That we're talking about Paul Pogba being a substitute shows how much of a failure he's been at Manchester United. He was brought in for a world record transfer free to be a talismanic figure in Manchester United, getting back to being the best team in England. And he's had his moments, but and he has his reasons as well. And it's not his fault that the managers have changed, but he has underwhelmed. He's had injuries in mitigation. They're always mitigating circumstances, but... His agent is not a helpful figure. He put a cloud over the good ship Manchester United before the game in Leipzig, no matter what anybody says. And that wasn't the first time. He did it last year. I think it was just after that really productive break in in Marbella when the team came back and actually had a really good result at Chelsea, playing three at the back again. So shows the team can play well with three or five at the back as they did in Paris. But that, that result... The way that that game started in Leipzig will be remembered probably as the lowest point of Solskjaer's time at United um, so far. The game at Everton that when United conceded four was a few months into Solskjaer's time. He's had time now to bring in the changes, to bring in the players that he wants. I know he still wants more time. I actually still think he does deserve more time, but he needs to get a trophy. This season has got to finish strongly. He's got to be seeing a repeat of the way that 
last season finish with that really good run to get to third, to get into the Champions League. But even as I'm saying that, to get into the Champions League, for what? To be knocked out again? It's so, so frustrating. I think the Europa League is absolutely a competition which United should try and win. I know it drained the team towards the end last year, but that was because it ended up being played um, in August. There's still a final in Gdansk. I still know some fans who booked trips to Gdansk last year for the final <laughs> who, who might be able to change the bookings. I mean, this is the, the slimmest of silver linings if it comes to that, but the final is a long, long way away. There's still another... 45 rounds to get through so I'm sure United are going to be sent all, all over the place now if they can get through but I think it was a really really disappointing performance and I'm so disappointed not just in De Gea Harry Maguire took such a good game before the match and I asked him and Ollie, what are the differences between the Europa League and the Champions League and, and there, I was expecting a bit of insight a bit of you know defenders do this or I can play certain type of players in, in the Europa League that would be more of a risk in the Champions League. And I almost got a dismissive, oh, we're not even thinking about the Europa League. Well, you're going to have to think about it now because <laughs> you, you've had six games and you've not been good enough to get out of, out of a tough group. And shame on Manchester United, really. I'm really, really annoyed about that. What What do they do now? I mean, in the Europa League, what, what do you think, guys? I mean, you know, go and try and win it or actually just, you know, blood... More young or give more youngsters the chance. I mean, because as you say, it can drain the system. You know, it, the fixtures will come so thick and fast. You know, extra round of matches, for example. I, what, I think how does he approach it, it? I think win it. They're not good enough to win the league. The, he needs a trophy. And the Europa League, it really lifted um, Jose Mourinho. That win in in Stockholm is really well regarded. It's not the Champions League, but this team isn't a Champions League winning team at the moment. But I take your point. You've got all them games. Uh, I think there's an extra round or two in comparison. Yep. There's Wolves in there too, just just for fun. Oh, don't start. <laughs> I, 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 Carl, I've had enough tonight, mate. <laughs> you, you're going to tell me that Derby County have sneaked into the competition <laughs> next and we're going to draw them soon. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. The idea of Manchester United playing out of their skins for all those project restart games to get into third place and qualify for the Champions League only to go out of the Champions League because they couldn't remember how to defend a corner properly. Hmm. That is the the good and the bad of this current state of Manchester United. A team that when the objective is clear and there is a set fixed point to work towards for everyone together, they can do it. And you see this from Manchester United, especially when they go a couple of goals behind. When the plan stops, when everyone goes from, I don't know what the plan is, to, oh, the plan is to get a draw now. The plan now is to get those three goals because you need to qualify. Everyone pulls in the same direction. But for so long, you're seeing this Manchester United team have no idea what they're doing. Genuinely, it's been two years since... Jose Mourinho was removed and Manchester United said they were going to get an interim manager, a permanent manager and a director of football. And what they did was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer became the permanent manager and they decided quietly to no longer get a director of football. This Manchester United 
team and setup, in my opinion, has been a collection of individuals, some with a lot of authority and power and some with less authority and power, saying one thing at one corner of their mouth and doing another thing from the other corner of their mouth. And it causes these very frustrating evenings that, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me for. Should we talk about the derby? Listen, as we've said, you know, they could go and go and beat City, couldn't they? You know, they've done it before. They could well do it again. You know, it's it's that kind of maddening United team uh, and City have looked, you know, susceptible. I know they've, they've picked up recently, haven't they, with the results and the defence, certainly. But, you know, you could you could still see some kind of, uh, you know, glorious fusion of, of, of football from United that actually looked good and, and then we'd be talking in a different way. And, and I suppose... The, how they approach the Europa League depends on where they are in the league. Because at the moment, if they win the game in hand, you know the two points off top. But would you back this team to go on that kind of consistent run to actually make that into a proper title challenge? It, it sort of feels a very faint sort of oasis at the moment, doesn't it? In, you know, a mirage in the in the distance that you know could easily evaporate. You know, uh, with a couple of defeats, and and then we're back to your point, Carl, about. Uh, you know, trying to scramble into the Champions League again and then what for to, to go out in this kind of way? Yeah, but listen, sorry, you back to your point, City. Yes, what, what do you reckon? Who, who lines up and, and, and what's, your, what's your thinking? I would not be surprised if Manchester United have a 8 out of 10 performance and beat Manchester City because now the whole plan is beat City, save face. I would expect uh, Fred to make a return and a 4-2-3-1 shape. I'd yeah. probably see Greenwood keep going in the in the right-hand space as well. And and probably a return. Well, you probably play Rashford up top, and then play maybe Donny on the left hand side because Donny looked quite nice on on the left hand side with his off the ball runs. Andy, it's a derby. It's not being played in front of crowds, unfortunately. <laughs> what does this Manchester derby mean now? It means a lot, but tonight meant a lot. All these games mean a lot, and it's the derby. Obviously, if United win it or play well in it. Then, then it will lift the mood among fans. It'll pick the mood up off the floor. The last time fans were inside Old Trafford was that Manchester derby in March. It's not ideal that fans won't be in there, but United are above City in the league table. That hasn't happened much uh, since 2013. And City have got a really good record, apart from last year, at Old Trafford in the derby. United need to turn up. I know they'll go one or two down. So it's how United start playing after that point that we're going to end up discussing next week. 3-2 to Manchester United. I'm sure there's been a 3-2 derby in recent years. Hmm. We might even do a post-derby podcast special edition when it all kicks off. Depends on what producer AD does. However, gentlemen, it's been a sad night for Manchester United. Uh, I'm going to leave you both so you can both have a solitary whiskey because you've both earned it. I'm going to go write a match debrief. Um, Producer Eddie, thank you so much. I guess now we'll probably start doing Thursday night episodes of Talking the Devils, listener. Sorry about that. (laughs) Didn't really plan for that. Always kind of wanted to do a Champions League away game, but unfortunately didn't get to do it this season. But we'll go again sometime soon. Other than that, thank you, Laurie, for joining me. Cheers, guys. (laughs) Thank you, Andy. Cheers, Carl. Back to Kazakhstan it is. Uh, and thank you, listener. We'll be back sometime soon where Manchester United play Wolves in the Europa League. Who knows what round. Uh, other than that, thank you for joining us for an episode of Talk of the Devils, a Manchester United podcast brought to you from The Athletic. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.